A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is the Pole Hitter, Rob D. You can catch me on Twitter always at Dead Pole Hitter and at Pole Hitter Pod. Also co-hosting the Launch Angle Pod. Check that out as well. Got a lot of things going on. The Patreon is up and buzzing. The Discord is popping. It's a hundred people in there just putting links to everyone can see, updating each other on news, talking about strategy. We're even doing a draft together. Draft champions. We're all voting on picks. It's super fun. Come come check it out. If you haven't joined yet, it's the first tier is five bucks and I'm sure you'll find a ton of value in it. Um I have a positional grid there for draft champions, clean sheet on Google Sheets, it's just highlighted with my um players that I recommend paying up for, getting at cost, fading. It's pretty awesome. I think just the sheet alone is worth it, honestly. Not to tout my own stuff. I really don't do that often, but that's what... Those are not my words. That's what a lot of people have told me. So, um, anyway, um, it's really just a lot of stuff happening in there. It's great. We're all making each other better, which is the ultimate goal. We're still going to be kicking pods for everyone else to hear. That's exactly what this is. Um, But I'm doing spring training notes pretty much daily. Um, we have preloaded pods too on the Patreon from Matt Modica, Steve Weimer, Derek Hardy, Rudy Gamble, exclusive stuff. Um, so come check it out. I'm sure you'd enjoy it. I appreciate everyone who has done it so far. Super, super supportive. I love you guys. You've really raised me up and, um, shocked the shit out of me, but we're going to do it this year. We're going to hit it out of the park. And right now, this pod is with Ryan Roof from Rotowire at Ryan Roof on Twitter. And we're going to cover the NL West. It's our last division breakdown. And um, the main event season is starting up this weekend. Big money drafts in New York City start this weekend, live drafts. And it's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to get out there, meet, meet new people, see some past friends, and um, do live drafting, which is irreplaceable. So... Um, yeah, enjoy the pop. Welcome everyone to the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Pole Hitter, coming at you with my boy Ryan Roof. Today we are hammering the NL West, and it will be a last division wrap-up of the season. And voila, spring training is rolling, Ryan, and opening day is getting closer and closer. We're starting to feel that in our stomach, right? You scheduled your main event. I got my first draft Friday, big auction draft, and 
all those feelings, all those prep feelings, feeling good without player evaluations. Now we're starting to get that little bit of pressure kicking in. Like, here it goes, man. This is like, but this is the fun time, right? This is the fun time of the year before we have to grind our way, you know, through the season. But what's going on? Tell me how you feel. Yeah, I got you have a lot of stuff going on. You're you're getting married soon too. So Yeah. 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 Ten days from today. Getting nice, married. Man. Um awesome. I, I was getting good. I was showing you my arm because I was getting yeah. goosebumps as you were like talking about like, like signing up for the main and all the everything. Man, it's just such an exciting time. And I, I think back to when we started these these wrap ups. Like remember when we talked like about like an hour on the Orioles just themselves. <laughs> I know. I know. We did. We did. Uh, that was great. That was nuts. Yeah, um, that was nuts. We'd yeah. be doing like we'd still be on the Mets and we'll be like in September <laughs> if we kept that up. I know. Yeah. But um yeah, let us know. Like share it. Like if you're listening and if you've been listening to these wrap ups, let us know if these have been helpful at all. Cause uh um I know for me personally, like diving in deeper on some of these like later guys has has helped me, especially in DCs. Um, just because uh, you know, you get to those stages of the draft and you're like, uh, trying to decide between multiple guys. And um, he's kind of really these deep dives into the some of the later guys have really helped me. So let us know uh if they've helped you and we should continue doing it in the future. Cause uh thought it, I thought it was good. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's helped. It definitely helped me a ton. Just learning the depth charts of the teams too. It's something I really try to do early in the season for draft champions. And then um, it's been good really nailing down the hierarchy of um, the team layout organizations from double A up to the majors, you know, trying to forecast that who we might think hit in the second part of the year for a deep draft champions league. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so let's start it off. Arizona Diamondbacks, go ahead. Yeah, NL West, baby. All right, Brandon Fott. Um, first time I heard this guy was after you took him in the August meatballs draft, uh, DC. Uh, I think it was like round 31. I was like, who the I like, had no clue who, <laughs> <laughs> who this guy was. Um, so you know, first of all, thanks to you for, for putting him on my radar. Um, He's our uh, Rotowire um, fought is the 41st ranked prospect in James Anderson's top 400 list and his eighth ranked pitching prospect overall. Uh, James just released his rookie pitcher tiers 2.0 rotowire.com slash try for free trial. And fought a little spoiler. He's in the first tier of those uh, rookie pitcher tiers with Grayson Rodriguez, Hayden Wesneski and Hunter Brown. So a lot of upside here, 24 year old right-hander, mid nineties, fastball slider change last season, double a triple a pitched 167 innings between those levels struck out 218 batters, which was more than any minor leaguer in the last 20 years, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, only walked 33 uh, did play in the hitter friendly PCL gave up 28 homers, but um you know, given the the ballpark there and the you know the the hitter friendliness of that that level or that division, uh, three eighty three ARA, one sixteen with both solid, pretty solid spring thus far. Um, is competing with Dre Jamison, Ryan Nelson, and Tommy Henry for the the fifth starter role in Arizona. But one advantage those three have over Fott is they're on the forty man. Fott is not. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Fott um, and 
does he get drafted in main events this weekend? Yes. Yes, he definitely does. I mean, I'm not drafting this weekend, uh, so I won't speak for everyone else in the draft. But if I was drafted in New York, I know he'd come off the See, board. I need to I know this because I'm drafting Sunday. In the middle, yeah, so. I mean, I per- like I said, I, I know I would definitely look to target him and stash him. He's definitely going to be formidable pitcher for the Diamondbacks this year. Dak Davies just got shelled. Jamison is, I mean, his velo is up, but he doesn't. The velo is not doing what it should for him. Ryan Nelson is nursing that sore shoulder. He's got velo drop. He's going to pitch. Bomb gone is a dud. You know that. Mike, who knows? Maybe if they could find if he pitches well and they can move him, that might happen too. But he's going to be pitching for sure. Um, do you, so let me you ask have, you a question because I was I was listening to you and Modica on the, the pool hitter Patreon exclusive podcast. Ooh, exclusive, uh, sign exclusive. Up. Sign up. Sign up. Hundred and twenty five so deep right now. We're going deep. Ninety people in the Discord, yapping it up Let's about go. everything. Come in. So you you guys were talking about like you, you know getting your guys and like uh, I don't remember if you said it was Fat or someone else, but you were like talking about like how you were getting them late and then he started creeping up in ADP and then you were like nah, and then you had wished, um, you know you had continued drafting him, getting your getting more shares. Uh, yeah, I think there's I think always that. Been. Yeah, yeah. I so think have you done that this- with Fat? This draft season, have you have you stopped drafting him, or have you have you continued targeting him even if he's risen a bit? No, it's a funny story because like this had gone back to my Trevor Rogers two years ago when I identified him yeah. early in the draft. That's season who you were talking about. Yep, in November, yep. and I had him in you know in the five hundred, and then as everyone started doing their prep and probably hearing me yap about him or other people starting to take note, his stock rose and rose and rose and. When it got to like the 250s and I stopped, you know, I really didn't push the, and that's what me and Matt are talking about. Like just following that feeling of a player being impactful within reason. Obviously, if you went up to 150, you you know, you still have to value that versus everyone else who's there. But so a thought is actually funny. Um, I did at the beginning of the season, I got him everywhere, maybe for two or three drafts. And then. Everybody else in the room knew that I was going to take him at some point and started taking him earlier and earlier. So, and then there was a point too where I just, just for diversification reasons, I kind of just went elsewhere because I knew that when it came down to this point of the year where I want to get my guys and more of like of with the recent news, everything is coming together. So I was like, I'm going to hammer him then. And then once spring training started, I knew people were going to get it aggressive on him but my whole thing is i'll be more aggressive than anybody else you know and not just him just anyone yeah. who i string i feel strongly about i think this year i'm gonna really kind of throw adp out of the window more than ever for the big seasons you know big draft yeah um, speaking speaking of the adp uh 332 since march 1st and draft champion so that's about round 22 started like in the 30s definitely has crept up um since we first started drafting all those months ago. So do you know where I I first picked him? It was in the thirties. I think it was early 31st round, 31st round, 458. So it's not like I was like, it's not like I was like, let me try to sneak this in late. I was aggressive. Yeah. I was, I I was aggressive on this guy early. And, um, you know, I, I lately too, I've been super aggressive 
um, in my in my express draft, um, which was March sixth and March seventh, um, that weekend, Friday Saturday, I got him at three twenty three and three eleven. Um, I was in a room with people who know me, you know, friends, competitors, and pod listeners. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna have to get him. Got to get him here. But um, I think from from the start, um, I identified some things about him that I thought was great. Not only the length of innings and the strikeouts, but also pitching in a real hitter-friendly environment, you know, and trying to take that into account. Uh, the surface numbers, I don't think everyone was looking beneath that. And then also, to um, John Anderson had the tableau for minor league stat cast from last year. Um, it's pretty pretty great that his scraping abilities has, you know, a nice chart that you can look at everything that was available. Obviously all players didn't play in stack cast, you know, um, parked or parks that had Hawkeye. Um, but I was able to see that, you know, his slider had a 20% going strike rate. His changeup had a 22.7 swing strike rate. His four seamer had a 16.2 swing strike rate. So you see that multiple pitches. Um, I watched the video as like a, Crazy arm action, um, gets a lot of spit on the ball, and I was like, "This is this is the guy," you know. And early on in the season, you know, Eno Saris has his stuff plus model, which is really cool. Um, you know, if you follow the athletic, that was always available through there in Google Sheet form. Now it's on Fangraphs, which is like, oh man, like now everyone has it. But um, he does have early spring spring training stuff, and obviously you have to take this stuff with a little bit of grain of salt because I think he even, Eno said about pitches stabilized about 300 pitches um, stuff begins to stabilize. So, but early on um, his first 62 pitches of spring training fought had a one Oh, um, a one Oh four, two stuff plus and a one Oh seven two pitching plus, which puts him in like the top 170 pitchers. And that's just with all pitchers. Like that's some guys who have four pitches and five pitches, I shrink it down. He goes up even higher, and he's next to guys like Scherzer. He's next to um, Stephen Matt. So you can see and Joe Ryan. So you can see you can see the overall pitching possibilities are there. So I I like it. I think he's I think he's gonna be the best starter in that rotation. Really, even that Zach seems- Allen. Yeah. Okay. I was just gonna ask you. Do you think? Uh, there you go. You think he's already the best starter there? But no, uh, I like Zach Allen. I'm not. I'm not shitting on Zach Allen. I'm on a per profit per like pick. You know, for where he's going, I think you'll get the best profit for him versus any pitcher on that team, without a doubt. Um, All right. Let's move yeah. on. Closer options. I didn't even want to talk about this. Because I've been I've been like dreading this for. This like is weeks what you do, though. This. this is what you do. You talk closes. Yeah, this this situation <laughs> sucks. It sucks. Um, so for DC purposes, draft champions, no one's really being drafted before round thirty-five. Um, the thirty-six Rotowire Online Championship drafts this month. Um, a few people have taken some shots on the Arizona. Uh, closer options uh, McGuff and Melanson were taken three times out of those 36 drafts Chafin and Mantiply were taken once a piece so it's not like they're being targeted heavily in those drafts um, but let's run down the, the possibilities really quick uh, Scott McGuff it leads the pack in March ADP DC with 
525 ADP. Melanson's right behind him at 532. Joe Mantiply, 552. Kevin Ginkle, 560. Chafin, 585. Miguel Castro, 693. And Carlos Vargas, 746. Uh, Ryan Venancio, fave. So my faves out of this bunch right now, and it's just, I'm using spring training performance to really kind of gauge this scenario right now because otherwise it's like, it's really hard. I mean, Melanson's clearly the most experienced closer in this bullpen, right? But he's just been bad. His velo is <laughs> down. Like he's, you know, this is the last year of his deal. I mean, I could see them just DFAing him at some point. Um, Wait a minute. So you don't like a four-one-three whip? No. You don't like ten yeah, hits. Ten yeah, hits yeah. in a walk in two and two thirds. Two and two thirds. Yeah. You don't so, like that? No, I'm not a fan. Um, you know, a lot of lot of saves on the career saves, but it's just it's clear he's pretty cooked. So yep. my mm-hmm. favorites are Scotty McGuff, who yep. we talked. I mean, man, it was months when <laughs> we first talked about that guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I think the initial conversation, it was like we were looking at his baseball reference page, like. This guy is not that great, <laughs> but pretty solid in spring thus far. Uh, five games, four and two thirds innings, six Ks, 021 whip. He does have uh, 69 saves over the past two seasons in Japan. And uh, you shared a nice little text with me the one day um, about his fastball break. Um, you want to dive into that a little bit more? Or are you anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, on the guff. Yeah, he um that's actually one of the first things I read about him too coming from Japan. They they mentioned that he um he had good ride on his fastball and this is uh Prospects Live. They do a really good job of of really diving into um you know, all things, not even prospects but guys guys who are playing abroad too. So, um so I caught that reading their blurb about him. Um that, you know, he has 13 inches of vertical break. So that that's, you know, you get, you know, what they call good rise. So it's got the illusion that it's rising, but it's just falling down into the zone less. So I like that. That's kind of what the major league um, organizations want. Guys who could pitch up in the zone with heat and then drop it down low in the zone or away with the breaking pitch. And seems to have that so far. I wish we had more stack stuff available for his pitches so far. Um, yeah. but I think that's a I, I think that's a good sign for sure. Um, I like personally like I would throw Mantiply, Ginkle, and Melanson out of the picture, and Chafin. I think Chafin's gonna be the left-handed guy, like with Mantiply. Um, I think it's yeah. personally going to come down to Castro, Vargas, and McGuff, and um, Carlos Vargas. Another stuff plus wonder early in the season. Um, after um, only 42 pitches, he, he has the um, eighth best stuff plus in spring training so far. So next to guys like Jordan Ooh. Romano, Clay Holmes, Garrett Cole, Spencer Strider, Ryan Helsley. It's exciting. Wow. And, you know, like this is, again, I told you about the stabilization on like on the amount of pitches, but last year when, you know, was talking about how, it can be identified mostly, you know, uh, the best way too for early relief specs, you know, get to see some guys, you know, in a small sample, 
if they might have that electric arm to be a high leverage guy. And last year, one guy that stood out who had these kind of marks was Felix Batista. You know, it was similar. Mm -hmm. to, and, you know, not, not only the stuff push, but the location as well. So I'm pretty excited. Ryan Venasio did get me start, you know, looked into Carlos Vargas. Um, I know Greg Jewett too also um, wrote him up in like a little dynasty piece on the recon, which is also another instant sign up. If you to five dollars, if anyone listen, just support everyone who's doing this work. It's just fantastic. It's just, I know there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, maybe you already spend a lot of money on, on content, but like, just people who are really diving in and putting their all into it on top of their, like, you know, regular life. It's just, just go do it. Support anyone that you really trust and believe. But, you know, he wrote him up on a dynasty piece. I like it. I think he's eventually going to be the guy, but I think McGuff is going to be maybe starting off with Castro. Um, I think Castro too, is just kind of the guy that's like been getting closer to like getting his shot, you know? So, right. Um, yeah. I, I'll leave this is like the perfect three. team for him to get his shot too. Like he's, you know, it was recently mm. with the the Yankees and the Mets, right? Like the stud relievers there. Um, yep. So this is like a perfect opportunity for him to show if he can, you know, handle that, you know, late inning leverage role. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on Castro. He's had a nice start to the spring to 025 whip. Struck out five over four scoreless. Um, Vargas has struck out five in five innings as well. Um, we've given up one run. So uh, clearly they're performing much better than the others are. Um, you mentioned Melance and spring stats. Uh, Chafin has walked five and two and two thirds this, this spring so far. Mm -hmm. um, no, Play just had a rough outing the other day. So, but I completely agree. Like Mantiply, they like last year. Like they could have easily, you know, he was an all-star. It could have easily given him an opportunity in the role, and they didn't. Um, and now it's just a much deeper pen, more options. Um, so I don't think, like, he suddenly just inserts himself in the mix now. Um, and Chafin, too, has just kind of never more so just been the lefty guy. So, um, yep. so yeah, I think we're on the same page with, you know, with McGill. McGuff, Castro, Vargas are the ones that take shots on. I think the other ones probably not really, you know, in a fab league, you can always fab those other guys if they start, you know, getting more safe opportunities, you know, for pretty cheap, I think. So, yep. Anything like else that. on them? Or? No, no. I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with those guys. Let's roll on. The Dodgers. Miguel Vargas, ADP 212 since March 1st in DC is currently first base eligible on NFPC expected to be the Dodgers opening day. Second baseman has played second in all 10 of his spring appearances thus far. So should get multi-position eligibility fairly quickly. Um, did fracture his pinky fielding a grounder early in camp was restricted from swinging a bat for a while uh, for his first spring, six uh, first six spring appearances, but uh, was cleared to swing a bat late last week. Since then, he's got a four-game hit streak. Three of his five hits have been doubles. Uh, I thought I found a pretty cool write-up on Vargas in a Ken Rosenthal article for The Athletic last week. He said Vargas would drive five hours each day to work with J.D. Martinez um, just on hitting. Um, 
And the Dodgers hitting coach said he looks a lot like Martinez did in 2014 when Martinez broke out after making some swing changes. So I really like Vargas. I know there's a kind of a 60 pick gap between him and Jordan Walker right now. Currently Walker's being drafted ahead of them, but I think now that he's, you know, swinging a bat, um, he's got a nice little hit streak going. I think he starts narrowing that gap a little bit. Um, I think he's a good bet for solid average, double digit homers, possibly double digit steals too. Uh, what are your thoughts on Vargas? Yeah. Yeah. Smash it. Smash the button on Vargas. Gonna start off with first base eligibility in the NFPC. Might get, you know, will get second, might get third. I mean, the guy is just awesome. He was so good. He was getting on base when he couldn't even swing. Right. He was getting walked was when so he couldn't funny. swing. It was insane. But no. Um, and if you're last... looking at spring stats, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. If you're looking at spring stats and see that he struck out 11 times in his like 20 some plate appearances, like, Remember, most of those were when he, he couldn't swing a bat. Right. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. We have StatCast data from him in the minor leagues last year, 500, 510 plate appearances of it too. So we could see good stuff. 9% power rate, 113 max, uh, 112.7 max EV. Um, love it. Love it. He elevates. He hits line drives, only 38% ground ball rate. Kid is, uh, I think he's going to be really, really good. And then, I mean, I honestly would take him ahead of Jordan Walker every single time, straight up. I was going to ask you about that um, because uh, it seems like, you know, Walker's got that that double digit, maybe a little bit more stolen base upside, but it seems like Vargas is the better hitter. Um, maybe yeah, not as much power. Yeah. And maybe not as toolsy, but he's just the better hitter. Um, you know, in the Dodgers lineup, I mean, man. It could be pretty exciting. So yeah, I just I'm... see him having the opportunity to work through his struggles. If Jordan Walker is struggling and the Cardinals are struggling, they have 17 other people to put yes. in. Yes. Yes. You know, sure. they have so many other people that they could sub in for him. Alec Burleson, Yepez, Carlson, you know, it's <laughs> just the uh, mound and mound of um, player options there so i i think the job security is huge too like i think everyone assumes if jordan walker makes the team and gets put on the 40 man that he'll never get them back down again and that's just if if he was on a team that would just didn't have anyone i would say okay no you know that's probably less of a chance but he definitely has that possibility and uh, like you mentioned vargas has a much better hit tool in terms of swinging strike rate um just putting his bat on the ball and yeah, I would go with him. I just thought that was really cool that he like was committed enough to drive five hours every day just to work a little bit with JD Martinez. Like that's, you know, obviously they're both, you know, Cuban heritage, similar, you know, backstories there. Yeah. Um, but it just shows like you how committed average. he is to 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 you know becoming better. And being a star, right? Yeah. Yep. So I really liked that. All right, uh, let's move on. Chris Taylor, ADP 279, uh, second base outfield eligible. Dave Roberts did say he would see about 20 to 25% of his playing time at shortstop, kind of give, you know, Miguel Rojas some a breather. Uh, Taylor had a disappointing 2022 strikeout rate, spiked six and a half percentage points to 35.2%. 
but still had a walk rate near 10%, 10 home runs, 10 steals in 118 games. Um, really like the multi-position eligibility in DCs. I'm buying the bounce back for Chris Taylor. Um, so what are your thoughts on Taylor before we get to a, a pretty interesting would you rather? Cause there's, there's three guys going right next to Taylor and ADP. I'll just, I'll just say it right now. Um, Brendan Donovan, Christopher Morrell, Chris Taylor, which one would you rather have? Oh, so tough. It's so tough. That one's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I've really been liking Morrell lately. I, I know he has a lot of things that can go wrong quickly for him. I think we saw that in the, his second half of his major league career last year. Um, the swinger strike rate, the chase, but he's electric when he puts the bat on the ball when he's on the base paths and he's young and he again he has multi eligibility like these other guys do have here. I would tend like lately I've been um like in in all my championship twelve team leagues, I've taken Morel um twice now because I just feel like uh at a twenty fifth round pick, if 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 he's not the answer to your team, if he doesn't if not what you want him to be, you can get rid of him. And you can always fab him when he's hot or when he's getting PT. If doesn't like, but Suzuki is going to start the year off on the IL. I assume we haven't really heard an update on him, but with that opening up, he should get more opportunity in the outfield. Um, hasn't really played third base as much um, in spring as usual, but there will be opportunity for him to get his. Um, I think the Cubs too are just a team that's going to you know work in a lot of players on multiple days, so. He might get get the full slate of games, but he can easily be a guy that does 2020, you know? And yeah. I think that's uh I'm shooting for that upside there. In a 15 team league, um, like a DC probably going a little more on the safer side with Chris Taylor. Um that veteran presence, you know he's gonna be in there. They need him, right? You know, that's just yeah, they need him to be in there. Last year he had, I think, um uh, a second half injury and he had a huge, huge dive. Obviously, the average went from two thirty-eight. A 193, still stole four bases in um in um 169 plate appearances, but nothing else really changed in his profile. The Babbitt went from 367 to 264. Um but he 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 hit excuse me, he hit nine percent less ground balls in the second half when his Babbitt dipped. So that Babbitt dip did come from him putting the ball in the air more and pulling the ball a lot less too. So he was going like opposite field fly balls, which are not good. That's, you know, sign of injury too, for sure. Um, I always like to do some player comps, you know, and there's, there's a player that goes um, in the 160s, 170s. And I'm not saying this person is is straight up the same as Chris Taylor, but they have similar things. They have, you know, high K percentage, swing and strike rate, you know, not great contact, the chase, but that's Javi Baez, right? And to me, like if you're expecting Javi Baez to give you like a 17 homer, 15 stolen base season, like Chris Taylor is not that far behind on a per plate appearance basis. So now I don't know if that means Javi Baez will be going later. I don't think so. I think he's actually, <laughs> I think he's very good price this year. But I just think, um, you know, so Taylor did 10 and 10 last year and 454 plate appearances. So um, I I I like Taylor. 
I think um, maybe I think Taylor he, and Morell should be going in the bias range. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. But um, but the thing that Bias has over Morell is that he's going to play every day. There's no one going to yeah. take his job. So he's got 600 plate appearances easily locked up. But I like Chris Taylor here. And um, yeah. All right. Let's move to the San Francisco Giants. Michael Conforto uh, missed all of last year, repaired the labrum in his shoulder. Um, has that 33 home run season on his resume, 2019. Um, two years prior to that, did hit 27, 28 home runs. So it's not just completely the happy fun ball year. He did, does have some power in there. Uh, having a really, really good spring. He has four home runs and 26 plate appearances, which is tied for the spring lead. Um, Mitch Hanniger injured his oblique recently. Possibility, not for sure he's going to miss opening day, but if he does, maybe Conforto plays a little bit more right field um, instead of kind of that DH role. But um, you're familiar with Conforto from his his time with the Mets. Um, are you in at ADP 235 or are you out? I haven't picked him yet. But it doesn't mean that I don't like him. Yeah. Um. I just, you know, there's, there's just guy didn't play for a very long time, right? And I know we could say that about Tatis as well, but Conforto's not Tatis, so we know that. But he hasn't played in a long time. And, you know, I'm just like hesitant to pull that trigger. Now seeing him healthy, he made a couple nice plays in the field last night too. Um, that gives me a little more confidence that if I that that if I'm in the need of outfield help in a draft, that I could look his way. You know, um, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, he he he's got you know he got that 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 33 homer season in 2019 sticks out, and I think that if you're expecting that, that's not gonna be him. But can it be a 25 homer guy, 23 homer guy with a decent average? Yeah, he can be. Um. I yeah, just, I've been out too. Like I haven't drafted him yet either, but now that I, that's why I like doing these. Right. Cause like I, I try to look at the guys, like I haven't really drafted yet when I'm kind of working on the outline and Conforto has been one of those guys just cause I haven't, I haven't looked at him, but then um, in the draft room, but I'm looking at his season. I'm looking at, you know, potential playing time now with um, maybe he's more of a regular with Hanniger kind of iffy right now. Um you know, does struggle against left-handed pitching. It's very, very obvious, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe gets a shot against lefties and doesn't, you know, always has been shown the ability to draw a walk. Hasn't really struck out too much in his career. So I might, uh, in, in this power hungry environment, um, you know, that was my biggest problem last year was, was power. Um, maybe I should start looking more towards com- more Conforto's way because he could be that guy. Like, like, like you said, I don't think he's the 33 homer guy, but mid twenties is certainly within the, the realm of possibilities. So, yeah. And I guess, you know, with the giants too, you don't, you have to worry about them playing games with the plate appearances and the lefty versus righties. Right. And he couldn't fall victim to that for sure. And that's where you, you know, you lose that big piece of the pie in a week when, He's playing two games in the on Monday to Thursday instead of four, and then he's playing two out of the three on the weekends. 
So those yeah. things tend to add up and they get annoying. But him too, like he had the rise in ground ball rate. I don't know if it, the ground ball rate in 2021 came with him being hurt or not, but you know, it was 36% in 2019. It was 44% in 2021. And, you know, um, you're going to need that. He's going to need to elevate the ball to be successful. Not going to, you know, not going to, he's not the, he, he's also too had the tendency to like change his approach a lot during the season from when I watched him. He was, uh, he could like easily pull a ball and just knock it out of the park, but he also likes to go opposite way and find gap power and, you know, gap doubles. Um, but I personally loved when he pulled the ball. He just had like a really good ability to pull like any pitch um, in any count. And I just think that would benefit him the most as an approach this season and playing, you know, in Oracle. Is that what it is now? Oracle? Oracle Park? Um, San Francisco? Home yeah, it is one of the worst parks for left-handed power. But yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's uh, it's interesting. I want to see how they play out. I want they're gonna need him because Hanniger's hurt. The outfield is kind of yeah. weak anyway, so they're gonna need him to play. But it is the Giants, so we don't know for sure. I did notice he's going at ADP two thirty five. That's twenty picks earlier than his teammates, uh, his teammate Jack Peterson at two fifty five, and it's nearly hundred picks earlier than Mike Mike Yastrzemski at three thirty. Um. I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm like kind of looking at it. I'm looking at their really just OPS between them, you know, could be fairly similar. So I'm not sure that discrepancy should be there. I found it interesting that he was going first out of that trio just because the other two just seemed kind of similar um, production wise. And maybe Conforto just has that higher ceiling. Uh, I think he's proven that before. And that's, that's probably why he's going a little bit earlier than those other two, but um yeah, I think, you know, I think since he got, didn't play last year, I was surprised to just see that his ADP was was first. Yeah, he's, especially over Peterson's. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I agree. Like, but I, I just think that's Conforto's name value and shining through. And I also think it's the the association that people have with Jock Peterson, and you know that he does not play all the time. You know, and yeah. that that hurts you like 134 games and only 433 played appearances. Played a lot of half games, which is annoying. Right. And that's you know, Conforto is not gonna be, you know, just resistant of that. You know, I don't know. I can't assume he's gonna just play. He's not gonna be played like that, right? <laughs> Until we see it, I'm gonna assume neutral. <laughs> and right, and, yeah. But Jock, we know how he can play when he gets place like that right we yeah. see it like that he's going to still hit 23 home runs um and i i think maybe that's what it is with with jock that it's still um it's still a decent pick at 255 right if 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 you trust yourself um you know in 15 team leagues i think in 12 team leagues he would get really annoying because you're going to be looking to stream bat and and streaming volume, but in a 15 team league, I think he's way more valuable, and I think he's he's really good. You know, he's got a great, great, great contact rate. Um, his strikeout walk is good. Um, the OPS is really good at 874. Hits the ball hard. He doesn't hit a lot of grounders, so I think there's a lot of stuff to like about Jock. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
anyone else on the Giants you want to talk about before we move on to? I guess I just San wanted Diego. to note a couple of situations that are developing. Brandon Crawford's got a knee problem, right? So he's out. Um, he's going to be shut down for a week. So we saw a lot of Isan Diaz so far this spring, playing second, playing third, batting third-ish. Not on full, full lineups, but he, but now he's hurt too, which stinks because I was kind of eyeing him up as a 48th, 49th, 50th round pick in some DCs um, that I have going on right now. So I just, I want to see how he develops, but keep that, keep tabs on that. You know, former big prospect on the Marlins, um, the Giants always have a, a way of getting the best out of people who've been shoved aside like Thyro Estrada, right? So yeah. A multi-eligibility guy who could bounce around, could be useful. So keep your eye on him. David VR, I'm a big fan of. I think he's Eugenio Suarez, who goes 300 picks later. I think if you like 25 homer power with a 230 average, but not where you have to get Suarez, I think VR has that capability. He is also now hurt. And Casey Schmidt, who's a 24-year-old prospect, getting a ton of run in spring training, and he's hitting the snot out of the ball. And yep. kind of like profiles to like Josh Young, similar profile in the minors. I really like it. Um, he's 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 been on my radar now recently because of all the injuries. Um, getting back to VR real quick, he played some games at second base too in the spring. So not only third base, he's getting bounced around. I they they're just getting looks of everyone everywhere. So if I were just um I wouldn't I wouldn't be into Brandon Crawford in a deep draft and hold. Um Take him off your radar and add add those guys deep, like David VR, um, Isan Diaz and Schmidt and, and Casey Schmidt. All right. Good good advice there. Um, San Diego, Matt Carpenter, ADP 491, has been somebody I've been just drafting a ton of of late. I just feel the ADP is too low. I think if he qualified for a position instead of being util only, he'd probably be going 100 picks earlier um and if you take a look at those 100 picks like between like 340 to 490 ADP like where he's like kind of where he's going if you just count how many unproven rookies are going in that range over Carpenter it's it's pretty astounding um and I think Carpenter he's playing a ton of first base this spring he played 15 games in the outfield last year with the Yankees he's an extreme pull hitter um, definitely benefited from, you know, Yankee stadium last year, the, the short pork and, and Petco's a big downgrade in terms of overall park factor, but not the complete worst for left-handed power. Still, still bottom half the league um, for, for Petco, but, and Carpenter is just somebody, I just, if he's there around that range, I'm clicking him every time. He's got a 13.7% barrel rate last year, tied his career high. I had a 412 OBP, 11.8 plus percent walk rate every season of his career. So I just think he's going to play a lot. Um, don't think he'll play every day, but I think, you know, there's some power upside here at, at pick 491. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I have him in two teams. Um, I really, I really like, I really like his approach. It's, pretty much just lift the ball in the air on the pull side. And that's the easiest way to get to power. He He's shown that. That's what he's looking to do last year. He had 12 pull barrels and he hit all 12 of them out for homers. So the league average 
is 65.6%. So for every whole barrel, 66%, almost 66% of them leave the park for a homer. And he was 12 for 12 on it. That's like, all right, well, you could say, okay, well, that's going to come down a little bit. And sure, because but his previous years, in 2019, he had a 40%. Uh, 2021, it was only 33%. So he's making a conscious decision to hit the shit out of the ball on the pull side. And he's worked with, you know, a couple of people to make that swing, just consistently do that. And I think that it's a solid pick for some weeks that he cleans up and he drives in Machado and Tatis and Bogart. And, you know, um, I think the playing time will be interesting, right? You know, you got to, Obviously, Nelly Cruz is there, so you have to worry about him, and that's what you'll get, like, the DH stuff will come from. But he's also had the ability to play first and second and third. So I think you'll catch him playing, you know, three, four games a week at minimum. And if you catch the right matchups, if you catch a weekend of three righties, um, then boom, you know, you play him. You catch him on a weekend, he goes to cores, you play him. Right. And that's what you said. At the at five hundred, you're not expecting him to be an every week starter, but when you plug him in, those things head up. If you get eight homers from him on on, on eight storing periods that you start him for, that's that's mission achieved, you know? Um another thing on his his pull profile is nuts. So in in, in twenty nineteen um, his exit velocity on all pulled balls was 89.3, and his launch angle was eight, eight, eight degrees, which is, you know, um, still a ground ball, pretty much. Um, last year, it was 93 miles per hour exit velocity on all pulled balls and a 19.3 degree launch angle. So that's a intent line drive fly ball intent, you know, and he just that just me that's um not something that's just a hundred percent fluky that's he's doing that on purpose and i just think that's fast fascinating so the I would, aaron judge ball the <laughs> did he get some of the aaron judge ball? what if they bring him back like we're all assuming that they'll never do that but yeah it's hard to say like it's and, like and, the mike trout not, ball this year and not like it happens like oh it's like uh they wouldn't do that on purpose but what if it doesn't happen on purpose what if it just right. happened because you know, everyone who was making the stitches that day on the balls, you know, had a nice lunch, if you know what I mean. The old liquid lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to be yeah. on my old job, like everyone used to be like, oh, who the fuck did that? Like, oh, you did that. When did you do that? After lunch. Oh, okay. No wonder, you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you like visuals, like if you're a visual learner, I like I like to see things visually sometimes. And you just go to his savant page, Matt Carpenter's, like his all his his spray chart dots. It's just like all down the line. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Like yeah. Also, too, like if you um, you know, what Statcast has too on the on the player pages is you know the like those histograms that show like the um like the bands of of where a player hit it um and how hard he hit it yeah um so if you take a look at Matt Carpenter it's pretty impressive like how how localized he made all of his hard hits like they were just scattered and now they're just like bunched in like ideal situations ideal spots so 
I like it. Take a stab at Matt Carpenter. Sure. Anyone else on the Padres? Um, anyone else on the Padres? Let's see. Um, I think, you know, if you're in a draft champions, you should probably look to roster Robert Suarez. And this is not a, I don't, I, I don't, I have Josh Hader. I don't think he's going to implode or be bad, but I just think he's going to be useful regardless. Right. I think you'll find yep. him on some weeks being able to start in a draft champions because either your pitchers are hurt or maybe your ratio is starting to climb, <laughs> you know, or maybe you need an answer where you save, you know, maybe to, in order to gain two or three points, um, or two or three saves, you need to plug in a guy like that. And I don't think, I think where he's going, he's one of the best pitchers in general around there. So I just like him. Um, Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Padres are consistently near the top of the league in, in team saves every single year. Um, Melanson was the league save leader a couple of years ago. Kirby Yates, you know, before him. Hater, you know, and Taylor Rogers combined for a ton of saves last year. So ancillary saves will be there for Suarez. Um, and with with Hater, you wonder like with his usage, um, like how often they're gonna pitch him back to back days. Um, so I really think there could be opportunity there for Suarez. And I I, I couldn't agree more with Suarez. I, I've been drafting him a ton. So Yeah, and it goes in a range where there's just like other players that are just meh. To me, so yes, because like right. 450 right now, 450 ADP. Like, he's right next to Albert Alzoli. Like, I love Alzoli, but there's 19 relievers on the Cubs that could get saves. Yeah. Um, and maybe so, maybe you think he's just gonna get lent like two inning uh stints. But I, you know, I saw what Suarez can do in a, in a full season, and he he's pretty nasty. And I just think that, and then also, too, if anything does happen to Hater, um, and I'm not advocating a handcuff either for Hater because. I don't think you need to do that with Suarez, um, but because that's not why you're drafting Hater. Like you know, drafting him to like pick another reliever at pick four fifty. If you, you know, unless he's going to be your second guy, and you want to use him in tandem, which isn't terrible. But I think that makes sense though when you have someone as good as Suarez. Yeah, like if you're just backing them up with duds because they're the backup, that then I'm not sure that makes sense at all. But like you were saying, but with Suarez, he's actually good. And yep. can benefit you even if he's not getting saves. Like he could have like a four or five strikeout week, you know, with a win. You know, he had five wins last year, twelve holds, and a save. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I just like I like what Suarez have to, has to offer. And he missed time last year too. He had that knee knee issue. Um, so in full season, you know, those numbers could look even better. Yep, totally agree. Yeah. All right. Let's close things out. Colorado Rockies, uh, final team, NL West preview. And it's a weird team, man. I, I've had no problem drafting guys from shitty teams like the A's, Nationals, Pirates, Tigers. But I have constantly <laughs> bypassed Rockies all draft season. Oh, God. Um, one of those Rockies I've bypassed is Ryan McMahon at ADP 193. He's one of the guys I talked with about with James Anderson uh, on the Rotowire podcast back in November. Um, still a pretty big fade for me. And, you know, you wouldn't think with the, the Rockies roster that McMahon would be in danger of sitting, but he sat a lot versus lefties left last year. 
Um, since 2020, he has a 667 OPS versus left-handed pitching. And if you look at his splits away from Coors Field, they're, they're just as bad. He's got a 223 average and 678 OPS away from Coors since 2020. So the combination of the platoon risk and the away splits, like I just don't want that before pick 200. I want an everyday player from that spot. And he, you know, yeah, maybe he does play every day, but the, the times he's on the road and the times he's playing against left-handed pitching, like are probably going to be pretty bad. So it, on his benefit, he's been playing second base this spring ever since uh, Brandon Rogers got, got hurt. Mm-hmm. Probably gets that multi-position eligibility, which he had a couple years ago. Um, but in terms of other multi-position eligible players in his ADP range, we're talking about Jeff McNeil, Jake Cronenworth, Brandon Drury, Whit Merrifield, Seth Brown. You know, there's some platoon risk with some of those guys too, especially Brown, but I'd take all of them over McMahon. So I, it's just somebody I'm not excited about at all. And, and if you look at his stats, like 20 plus home runs past couple of years, pitches, pitches in a few steals, but I just, I don't know. I just can't do it. What about you? Yeah. I, I'm not like a Ryan McMahon hater, but I'm I not, am. I'm I don't, a hater. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> hater. Um, <laughs> but I'm, 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 get close to it i'm close to it because of the adp i just think it's like to me it has like a very similar profile to like jorge soler and mike yastrzemski again this is a game of like compiling stats and i know he plays third base everyone thinks it's thin fine think it's thin if you want it's not it's very good deep and it's very good at the top um i um yeah i just don't I won't pay the 193 ADP that he is in the last. But he should be going like 250. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair. So one thing, so like last year, his home runs to barrel was 40 barrels to 20 home runs at 50%. The league average is 57%. Um, first half, it was um, 33%. And the second half was 72%. And a lot of that can be from course field and not playing a course field, right? So um his ground ball percentage went up from 38.5 in 2021 to 44.6 in 2022. Um, and then in, in 2019 and 2020, he was at 50%. So that 38.5 in 2021 to me sticks out as like a little bit of an outlier. So it yeah. seems like he's more of a ground ball hitter. Um, the zone swing dropped from 74% to 66%. And he was carrying about a 70% um, average in the last three years. Actually, in 2019, it was 77%. So he'd become less aggressive. His zone minus O swing, which I like to track, I talked about a lot, is 28%. Um, Some of the best hitters in the league are like 42% and over. I just think he's not aggressive enough either in the zone. Um, Also, the home run per fly ball is like all over the place too. Um, In 2019, it was 27%. 2020, 24%. Uh, 2021, 16%. 2022, 16.5%. So it's on a slide. Um, He might get a little bit of a BABIP bump from the strip restriction, um, from the work that Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell are showing in the process. 
showed that he might be benefited from you know less shifting on him. The max EV is one thirteen point seven. That's really strong. That's good. You know, yep. he hits good good EV on fly balls. It's really strong. Um, but he just doesn't. Um, one thing that's a big negative for me is um he had again those forty barrels right. Ten were opposite field, and sixteen were to center. Mm, wow. So now. I mentioned the pulled barrels per home run. The opposite field barrels per home run, the league average is 36%. So it, okay. he hit two homers there, so 20%. So he's going to put the ball the opposite field in the air. He's, you're not going to get the homer output from him. doesn't seem like he has that kind of power to go that way with, you know, for homers. Maybe for extra base, it's fine. Um, but the the 14 pulled barrels, right, He 71%, you know, Right, six percent above league average. So to me, his ticket to more consistent power would be to just pull the ball in the air more. Um, his pull fly ball percentage was twenty percent last year. League average is twenty six. So bump that up. Maybe you get a, a little like maybe the home run a fly ball kind of you know climbs back up and maybe gets into that twenty five twenty eight home run range. You know, I think that's within his skill set. But I just yes. like I said, I. I don't see again. It's a game of stats, and I I, I can get Mike Yastrzemski or his Oler later on, um, right. but for a similar profile. Yeah, I think I think it's one thing. You know, you look at his like Statcast page. You see a bunch of like red lollipops, right? And you see a nice spray chart spray, spraying the ball over the field. Um, you were talking about some of the the opposite field barrels and stuff like that um so it all like looks nice right just from a visual standpoint but i think it's just not super sexy the more you look at it and i think there's yeah i mean with the roster they have i mean he's probably not sitting too much against lefties but they did show a willingness to sit him against lefties down the stretch last year so yeah um yeah, it's just somebody I don't think I have a, a share of, you know. And if he pops off for thirty home runs, this will be the year I'm I miss out on that. But um, yeah, I just think a lot of guys too on the Rockies are going at ADPs just because they're Rockies and like Nolan Jones, who's only an outfielder at four ten. Meh, I don't know. He's like to me, he's gonna be like Tyler Naquin. Yeah, you know and. Uh, he's not going to play third. He can't play third. That's why he's in the outfield now. He just can't. Elvaris Ontario, same thing. He's terrible at third base, but they give him time versus, you know, um, lefties. But he cannot, cannot hit righties at all. And he's just a terrible tape plate. He's playing 34% K rate, 1% walk rate. Not I just saw he it. was having trouble with his defense too this spring. Yeah. So. Yeah, Zach Veen for 543. Got it. He deals 900 bases. He's not going to be in the major league this year. He just won't. He's 21 years old, right? He had 141 plate appearances at double A, and he had a 42 WRC plus in double A. Um, you know, 126 WRC plus in, in single A, in high A. So fine, right? But until he proves that. He can handle the minor leagues with, like, yes. you know, with with 
goodness, he's not coming up. And plus the Rockies. Right. Rock, I mean, they're just so they, weird <laughs> the way they handle their they, players. <laughs> they pushed Tovar up, but that was like, who else did they? I mean, I could be missing someone, but I don't remember another guy they pushed up and say, here you go. And Tovar was the one last year. And we we're all like, oh my God, you know, we see him, we see him. And then we were even saying in the back of our minds, right? Oh, but I bet you he doesn't start to see the next year, but he is, he's here. But I just don't see the same thing happening with Veen this year. And at 543, maybe at 700. 675 if you think he's going to spend a week or two and you want to get some stolen bases but i don't know i don't couldn't know. agree it's more just... man i think i think one of my favorite things about about james anderson's top 400 prospects list at rotowire yep is mm-hmm. he has the eta yeah for player for prospects <laughs> yep. and for veen he's, he's 2025 veen, right it's 2024 okay. um he's the 60th ranked prospect but um 2024 eta and if you look at fan graphs um very taste 2025 for Bean. So, yep. yeah, I mean, yes, he's leading the spring, you know, in stolen bases this spring, but, you know, that, that means nothing really. He's got to yeah. show he can hit triple A pitching and even probably starts here in double A, probably. Honestly, so. my favorite late pick on the Rockies um, is Michael Tolia. He'd go and pick 630. And I mean, in most of my drafts, he goes like 700. Right. And I think he's kind of a guy like we kind of forgot about. Um, he had 18 total bases this spring, two homers. He does have 14 Ks and six walks. We know that can be there with him. But I think for a decent bench option, late, late in the draft, not so early, like in the 400 or 500, Toglia can can be a guy that you can start on his home weeks or you yeah, know, on his home base, weekend. outfield. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would um actually he's only outfield. He's not first base anymore. Oh, and I meant uh, the spring yeah. he's been playing a lot. Oh, yeah, space, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. And he can get that back, you know, of course. Um, so, and then, of course, now we have to, you know, we have good old Mikey Moose, right? Mikey Moustakis, getting two for three yesterday, three ribbies. He's going to make us do it, right? He's going to make <laughs> us do it. He had, a, he had a home run two days ago. I'm not doing it. <laughs> he's, uh, but listen, he's uh, uh, he's just going to make a lot of people. I mean, one thing that helped him out last year, and that was, I mean, he still has first and third eligibility, which is just good. Last year he had first, second, third. But, uh, I mean, in the last 12 drafts, he's gone at 584, you know, um, ADP. So that, that, that will be interesting because, in essence, I think McMahon stays at second. Um. And that Mustakis gets some of the most of the run at third base. Um, and I think if it happens any other way, that McMahon stays at third, and the guy who I think would win second base would be Alan Trejo or Coco Montas. Um, and Trejo could be interesting if you extrapolate his point appearances to full season. He's not, he's, he's pretty, he kind of stands out like, oh, okay, that's, that's a pretty good profile. But, um, and Coco Montas has been really, good in the spring and he had really good stolen base and home potential um upside last year in the minors so um there's two guys to watch out for it's just a lot of uh it's like a mixed bag over there in the rockies so you don't know what to expect you know who's having a nice spring Chris bryant i know he's not no oh, i know post I 150 adp but i know i, I know. see him creep up a little bit as we get to this uh main event he was the perfect um test of do you take someone who's falling when he's not on your radar right <laughs> you know in one draft and i had like uh i think it was um 
uh, somehow, of course, you know, Zach Waxman got a hold of the draft board and he texted me. He's like, how'd you guys let Chris Bryant fall to like 190? I'm like, because I don't fucking like him. That's why, <laughs> you know, like I don't I don't take falling guys like that just because I uh, just not on my radar. Like he can easily go 25, 90 this year and totally prove me wrong. But I, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with not drafting him. Yeah, he's. He's definitely had some tantalizing uh, stat lines in the past, uh, but we'll see. I haven't drafted him either, but 125 ADP in the March DCs. Um, so what is that, like round eight, nine-ish? Yeah. yeah. Outfield eligible. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't gone there yet, but it'll be interesting to see if he climbs it all. But uh, I think that's it, man. That's it. Wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. This was a great series. Thank you for doing it with me. This was helped me out a lot. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do it. So of course, no, we'll benefit from each other. You're a fantastic analyst, player and co-host. So I really appreciate you doing it with me too, because you have a a full life at home and hands that are tied. So I appreciate you taking the time out and, uh, and doing it. And, um, get married let's go get married main event season starts we're going to be cooking stuff up on the patreon we're going to be cooking stuff up here too and in the the podcast that available for everyone so me and ryan are not done at all be cooking it up all season long oh yeah but yeah awesome dude um you can find ryan on twitter at ryan roof that's r-u-f-e and catch him doing not only the closer grid and the closer encounters on rotowire.com, but um, not just a closer guy, right? Right, Ryan, not just a closer guy. Ryan knows all got things. Little, got a little something else, you know. Got a little inside. something else. Got a little something else, right? So um, hit him up. He'll help you out in your leagues for sure. Um, but yeah, with that being said, join, come join the Patreon. You know, we got $5 option to get in the door. See if you like it. Come see it. The Discord is bumping, you know. I will say a lot of these these division breakdowns have been kind of DC themed, DC ADP. That spreadsheet you shared, uh, that like DC cheat sheet was yep. so cool. Like you guys have to see this spreadsheet and sign up for the Patreon, get the spreadsheet, you get access. It's so clean looking. It's so cool. I, I just love it. Like, yeah. That was such it's, a great feature. Yeah. It's simple. Some, little, some people put out the projections, which is awesome. I take a projection that I feel optimal to me. I put them into my SGP. I put the values out, and that's what's on the spreadsheet. I have green for be aggressive on this player. I have yellow for get at cost. I have red for stay away. And if it's white, it's just like no real strong feelings either way. And it doesn't, you know, it does. Um, yeah, and it's clean. It's straightforward. Um, and I'm in the middle of my last DC right now, and I'm I am I am going to that spreadsheet yeah. constantly. Um, in addition to my my SGP yeah. sheet, so right, right. and you can get another it for five tool bucks. for the toolbox. You can get that five five bucks and preloaded podcast with Matt Modica, Steve Weimer, Derek Hardy, Rudy Gamble. Um, awesome, you know. Don't miss Go. out. Don't miss out. Yeah, don't miss out. Five I bucks. Know. Five bucks get you in the door, but I think that you're going to want to hear the fab stuff that we're going to do in season, the two-star pitching reviews. I'm so, really excited about the fab stuff. 
Yeah, I'm really, yeah, really yeah. excited about that. Really gonna bring something unique and new. Nobody talks about drops and who to drop. Everyone talks about who to add, but the drop is a big part of Fab. Um, That's and, my toughest part is yeah. who to drop. Yeah, yeah especially so. for twelve team league, you know, when it's like you, you know, when you have to turn. So we're gonna be really diving into even fifteen team leagues in the main event. You know, if there's if there's some an injured guy, like I use the example of Danny Jansen, right? Um, he was out last year a lot, and we're like, gosh, can we hold him? Should we, you know, keep him? And we'll give you like real actionable tools and advice on not just like yes or no. We'll tell you why it's yes or no, right? That's that's what we're trying to do. I actually you, have a story about that about Danny Jansen. It's really quick. He was a guy I dropped in the main event last year, and I picked up. Omar Narvaez. Oh. Um, and I dropped Omar Narvaez because he stunk and picked up Austin Nola. If I just would have held on to Danny Jansen, he would have had like eight homers uh, versus the three that Austin Nola and Omar Narvaez combined for. <laughs> so, yeah, that was yeah. a tough lesson to learn. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's like I'm saying, no one talked about the drops. We're going to try to get into that. We're going to try to get into talking about a 90% rostered player in the main event right and if he's doing bad we're gonna really try to push the edge on should you drop this guy you know yeah you might you know uh, bill Dussault is known for that to being aggressive and who knows he might even be the guy giving that advice you know come Ooh, on in robot. come on in robot. we don't know we got heavy hitters in the discord i'm not gonna throw names around but top players in the world 50k in a single season yeah and there's Damn. more than that there's several overall winners in this discord there's it's just like, even if the, and even if they're not right everyone's giving great great everyone's tweeting out links updating everybody else on news right we're not missing anything in there and and, and like that's what i'm learning too like in the last couple of years all the fantastic new players that we have in the nfbc they're showing up in there too they're they're showing wisdom that i'm like oh yeah people are sharp and let's all be sharp together that's what we're doing in there we're, we're all learning from each other no one's being a bag of shit and um we're just gonna all really we even got a we even got a draft going on right now in the discord pull here to patreon draft DC. I signed up for a DC for the whole crew. One person's handling, like gathering everyone around, telling them, all right, here we go. I'll pick us coming up and who, you know, giving an option, getting people to voice who they want. And then we have a vote on who to pick in this next pick that's coming up. It's fucking fun, man. It's just really fun. The last five days have been a whirlwind for me. Like, and I really, 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 uh, truly, Truly appreciate it. Like from the bottom of my heart to everyone who signed up, fucking A. Thank you so much. I like you've really lifted this guy to a whole nother level in these last couple of days. And um, you know, if you think about it, yeah, yeah. We got <laughs> three different tiers, they're all labeled after meatballs. It's funny. You know, we're having a blast. And like I said, we're all getting better together. And I promise that I'll work my ass off all season long to keep providing stuff that is just gonna help you. Like, cause you know, I, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to take anyone away from RotoWire, right? I'm not going away from RotoWire. Like, I'm still using RotoWire. I'm not taking away from Baseball HQ. I'm still using Baseball HQ, right? I'm not taking away from Rasball. I'm still using Rasball. Like, no one's, and I get it. Fine, all those things 
together may cost $150. And that's a lot already. But what I have is unique. Like I'm taking everything I'm seeing on different sites, different tools, right? A projection tools, going through split and doing a podcast on lineup to tell you not how to set your lineup, but things to watch out for when you set your lineup. Because obviously Rudy right, and Derek Hardy do a great job of doing the weekly projections, right? But, you know, they also are not going to catch everything. I'm not going to catch everything, but I'm going to try to find everything I can, you know? And so when you're setting your lineup and you want to just hear a, a nice blast of info on it, platoon splits, recent production, versus handedness, stuff like that. That's the stuff we're really going to try to highlight just so you can listen to it and be like, oh shit, you know, so maybe this guy isn't a lock for my outfield three spot this week, you know? And I also think I had a lot of people reach out last year and told me how much it helped them in their daily leagues because I was forecasting lineup stuff ahead of time. And so they knew like, oh, on Saturday night, I'm picking this guy up for Sunday because he's facing this pitcher. Just, just stuff like that. It's, it's, and, and that's five bucks. You get two lineup tools a week, you know? So DFS perfect for DFS. Just, yeah. It's just fan ball does their like qualifiers for the main event. That's how I first got into the main event by winning a a 50 person fan ball DFS contest. So these tools that Rob's talking about, these lineup pods that can go a long way towards like helping you win the big DFS GPP, you know? Yep. Do it. Yeah, man. Do it. I know how hard you work. So if people are sitting here listening and, um, you know, I'm your friend, I know how hard you work, but yeah, you know, those not close to you need to know that this will be worth their money. Yeah, I, I know. Just because I, I know how hard you work. So thank you. Sign up, man. And I've seen comments on Twitter and like no one has pointed me out because obviously I'm not the only one who started the Patreon, but you know, people like to be talking about, oh, how the, you know, am I going to do this too now? And that's fine if you want to think that way, but you're putting down something you hadn't even experienced yet. You don't even know what's happening. And I'm, I don't have any just vanilla old content, you know, like, we need real like that's why I can say real actionable resource and tools because it, different tools to yeah. add to the other things you were talking five days about. a week yeah. you're fired up in the morning I'll have a recap of the day before news injury updates fifteen to twenty minute pods five days a week that'll just be in your ready to go in your fucking email in the morning or in the afternoon and it'll just be a give you like you know I'm looking for under the radar players um, players who will be coming up in fab right. And that that we'll all have our eyes on pitchers who came out of nowhere and touching, you know, velo that they haven't seen or platoon stuff that's changing on the fly. And we'll try to get a early just so many things. We're just it's not your mom. Oh, Mike Trout had two homers last night. It's 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 not going to be all the stars and what we know what they're going to do. It's going to be identifying the people that are going to help us through the season really shine and make a difference. So hope everyone comes. All right. It's going to be great going to be great and just remember that there's 120 people in there right now who, who are getting stuff that no one else is getting so if you want that edge too and you want to balance it out in your league come come and join sign Ryan up be, yeah don't yeah. be a bag of shit don't be a bag of shit smart up but thank you everyone for listening to the pull hitter podcast once again this is rob d the dead pull hitter here with ryan roof from rotowire we thank you so much for listening to the division breakdowns team reviews um and uh we look forward to helping you during the season as well
Peace.